Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by GNB Organics. And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Hey, welcome to the May 26th uh, Gardening with Cisco show. And uh, hope you've been getting a chance to garden. We've had some mighty nice weather out there. But don't forget the water, whatever you do. It's still pretty darn dry. I've been working in the garden quite a bit this week, and I have designated this the year of morning glory. Oh, la, la, that bindweed is on the march. I can't keep up with it. It's just terrible. And um, so uh, I don't know. It's got to be one of the worst weeds there ever was. I hate that thing so bad. But anyway, no more whining. Hey, I want to... I want to start by saying hi to a friend of mine. So uh, Sonia is this young person who is becoming such a good vegetable gardener. And we're getting to know each other better because I go over there with Izzy and my puppy Izzy plays with their puppy Wheezy. And Wheezy is a French bulldog. <laughs> you have never seen anything so funny is to watch those two dogs play. And uh, and the funniest part is that Wheezy, who's just a cutie and a half, is pure white. And they play on this really dusty surface. And uh, when they're done, luckily I can't see all the dirt on uh, Izzy. But when you look at Wheezy... <laughs> You know that Wheezy's been having some fun in the dirt. Let's put it that way. Uh, I've never seen a white dog turn black before, but it happens. So, so uh, hi, Sonia. Keep up the good work. Your vegetable garden is just fantastic. She's already eating peas like crazy, lots of other stuff out of the garden. Hey, uh, I want to say hi to everyone uh that I met at the Kent East Hill Nursery when I gave a talk there this week. Holy cats, what an enormous audience. <laughs> it was really fun. And uh, what a nice nursery, too. So uh, it, it was really interesting because quite a number of the gardeners, that are, uh, the nursery people that work there, uh, came from other nurseries where I've gone over the years, and they're all really top-of-the-line nursery people. So uh, it was really fun seeing all these old friends that I haven't seen for a while. So that was extra special. And uh, another thing that was great, uh, they were really generous with let me give away great plants. So I know a lot of you went home with a great plant, and somebody went home with a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt which has got to be the highlight of their whole life for sure. So, (laughs) oh, well, thank you, everyone who came. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, hey, there's some pretty good talks going on today. So uh, uh, one of them is, uh, there's two, they're at Malbec's. There's quite a bit going on at Malbec's. Uh, Next week, sorry, not today. Oh, la, la. So, uh they have a whole lot of talks. There's going to be master gardeners out there. It's just they're just having a big day. So uh, one of the talks is uh, called "Plant Grow Eat," and that is on at 10 a.m. on June 2nd, next Saturday. And that's my buddy Lisa Taylor, and she is uh, she's a really good speaker, and um, she wrote a book on. Uh, 
Well, she's worked really hard in the Maritime Northwest Garden Guide, and uh, she knows she knows her plants. She knows veg, veggie growing to the top. Okay, so that's uh, plant grow eat at 10 a.m. Then, now this one you don't want to miss no matter what, but that is Roses for Beginners, so that's... Uh, that's going to be on June 2nd at noon, and my buddy, Nita Joe Roundtree, author of Growing Roses in the Pacific Northwest. And if you haven't seen that book, it's really good. It's one you want because it tells you all the best roses that are pretty much disease-free that you can grow in our area. So it makes, uh, makes life a lot better when you can pick really beautiful roses. Fragrance can be and not be fighting black spot every minute. So she's going to be uh, sharing how to grow really stunning roses in Seattle, which roses are best, uh, how to plant, water, and fertilize them, and uh, troubleshooting the whole 97 and a half yards. So, uh, and then she's doing a book signing afterwards. So that's one you don't want to miss no matter what. So that should be really good. Okay, well, I don't think I'm giving any talks uh, now till the end of May, except for a few private ones. So, uh, so pretty soon that's going to be on my website. But I don't think my wife Mary's had time to cram it on there yet. So, uh, we should see it pretty soon. Okay, so uh, I think Brian, can we take a break a little early? Great. All right. So, listen, I'm flying solo. So one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six and then uh, if I don't get any calls right away, I have a couple emails I can cover, but uh, you'll get right in if you call now. A ninety seven three Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco. Ooh la la. So, hey, Jim and Kirkland, welcome to Gardening with Cisco. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. What well, you... I've got a question. I have a Acer um, maple, and I believe it's a blood good. Oh yeah, okay, and, a Japanese uh, maple. Yeah, it has a, yeah, it has a branch in the middle of it that sprouted this spring with no leaves on it. But but the rest of the of the bush looks great. The tree looks really good. But there's a there's a branch in the middle, and I notice that there's discoloring on the on the bark. So I'm guessing it's some sort of disease. And my question is. Can I cut that off, and will the tree likely continue on and be okay, or is this, or do you think I'll lose the tree? Well, you know, it's hard to say exactly what caused this, but I suspect that you have a bacterial disease called Pseudomonas. And the reason I think that is because one of my Japanese maples got hammered with it this spring. Now, Pseudomonas, it's a bacteria. And what happens, the reason that uh, our our trees get this, and Japanese maples are pretty susceptible, not all kinds, but some are. And so what happens is you get a really nice warm day. And this happened, you know, probably early in spring. 
And so the buds, the tree thought it's time to grow. So the buds open to grow leaves, and then we get a freezing night. And it kills all of those buds that just opened up. And then what happens is bacterial disease that flies around in the air gets into those dead buds, and it kills the branch that it happened to. Now, uh, okay. some and, and so if you have a tree that, you know, tends to leaf out early or anytime it's warm out, you got a bigger problem. But here's the good news. And the reason I think that, because if you have really dark discoloring in that branch, that's what I see with Pseudomonas quite a bit. There are other diseases yes, that I'm... dark. Good. There's other diseases that are soil-borne that can really kill a Japanese maple, but this one, I would... I think you're going to be okay. So your job is going to be to grab that saw or uh, loppers, whatever works, and cut that off as nicely as you can. Try and get down below the disease if you can. So, you know, yeah. And then uh, the main thing is that, uh, you know, before you use the saw or pruners, to prune more of your uh, Japanese maple, if you're going to do that, or any other Japanese maple, uh, you know, dip it in 10% bleach solution. Then wash it off and maybe, oh. you know, put some WD-40 on there or something, because you don't want to spread Got pseudomonas. It. And uh, chances right. are, you know, it must have been a weird year for that to happen this year. But uh, so my feeling is that, um, you know, if you get that off, and, uh, you know, we don't get more of that. I think you're going to be in good shape. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I've been wanting to call you and ask you about that, and I really appreciate it, and I love your show. Hey, thanks so much, Jim. Much appreciated. See ya. You bet. Have a great okay. day. Bye. All right. Hey, let's go to Patricia and Redmond's and find out what's going on out in Redmond. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Cisco. You are still my favorite guru. Oh, la, la. <laughs> and I thank you for all the help you've given me. Oh, okay, I have, a, I have an aphid problem. Okay. About three years ago, I was at the Flower and Garden Show, and I asked you a question. I had an Italian plum tree planted near my driveway in the front yard covered with aphids, and you told me it didn't like where it was. So I dug it up, and I had a nice spot in the backyard in a corner, and it gets sun, some sun, planted it there, and it's been great for three years. This year, I finally, because it was a baby, I finally have, it's covered with Italian plums. Oh. Well, in the past week, the uh-huh. aphids came, and they, they seem to be in very thin branches and only a few, but every day I go out there, and first I hose the whole tree down a few times, uh-huh. Three days in a row, because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. Then I got the safer out and the neem oil. Good. So I'm still having aphids every day. What should I do to fix it? All right. Here's the thing. If you look ne- next year in winter, in late, about, actually early February, go out and look at the end of every branch you can look at on your plum tree. Uh-huh. And you're going to see little black dots. Those are the eggs of aphids. Aphids oh. have live young until late yeah. summer. 
and then the female has male and female live young, they mate, then those females lay eggs on the end of the branches of your plum tree. And uh, so you can solve the whole problem next year, and I, I'll, go, I'll go into this year oh. too, but next year by doing a um, what they call a delayed dormant um, oil spray. So probably not neem oil. I think you'd be better off using a different uh, oil. So there's sunshine, there's um, superior oil. These are actually made out of petroleum. But as long as you follow the directions carefully, they work really well. And they're real good at killing the eggs that are sitting on the tree. So these eggs were there and I didn't see them yeah. and then they hatched? Yeah. And, you know, unless well, you're used to looking for them, you just don't see them. Okay, but it's been there for three years, and I didn't have any until this year. Yeah, so somehow, you I bet you had aphids last year, but you never saw them. They were in there. Looking at the plums, right? Yeah, they were hiding, you know. So so what happens is now they built up big numbers late in the year last year, and those females laid their eggs on there, and that's why you got blasted this spring. Now, now, uh, probably the best way... Don't spray neem oil on the fruit. I don't think that would be good. Okay. So um, you could, you if you wanted, you could spray neem oil right where just a aphids are, as long as you don't hit any fruit. Or you can, if you can blast with a really powerful spray from the hose. So you put it on, if you've got like a dram sprinkler, that's the kind I have. I uh-huh. put it to the shower setting. And then I hold the plant so I don't blast the leaves off or anything. And then I start gentle and I up the ante till it's just going full blast in the shower setting and blast those aphids right off. And if you do that, that kills them. But I know. But there's a. Do I have to do this every day? Every time I see them, right? Well, you got. Yeah. So keep a close eye. You're probably going to have to do it three times. That's usually what it takes about three days apart. That's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. I knew I knew it. Well, you're doing the right thing. You told me that three times. I bet you more eggs are hatching or something. Something's going on there that's causing trouble. So. Okay, I'll keep spraying every day. Yeah, and and you can always do a modified El Kabatsky, you know. No, no, no. Ah, you don't want to do that, <laughs> huh? <laughs> we hate it is, things. It is gooey. I'll tell you, it's very it's gooey smelly. after you squish those guys like that. But, uh, well, great. Okay, I have so, one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Okay, I have um, three or four apple trees, too. And I put footies on them, on the Honeycrisp and the Chehalis last year. And now, I've been doing that for about five years or so. Uh-huh. And they got through last year on the Chehalis and ruined most of the apples. Was it? Was so, it? Now, this year, okay. I have a gazillion on the Honeycrisp and the, and the Chehalis and a few on the Williams Pride. And um, so I put footies on, but I heard something about some clay stuff. Yeah, it's, it's ca- Calolin clay. It's what? It's called Calolin clay, I think. I might have that name slightly wrong. They okay. use it in pottery. But okay. it's and what you do and what you gotta do, you gotta spray the little um pantyhose footies that you've got on each apple. 
You got to uh-huh. spray the tweedle out of them. You mix it up according to the directions. You can okay. order it online. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't get it at one of the nurseries. I, have I to don't order it know. Online. You'd have to call. You know, some of the oh. nurseries that are famous for carrying a lot of um, yeah. environmentally friendly, like Sky Mallback. Some of those they might have it. Okay. So you could, uh, you know, you could call them up, but if they don't. I don't remember. Oh. My sister-in-law got it for me, and I don't know if she got it online or where she got it. Okay, well, I'm good with the internet, so I'll go. I'll hit it and research it and find it. Yeah, because what's happening? I think the coddling moths are getting through on you. I, I think they went right through the pantyhose. Yeah, they do. Last year. Yeah, uh, the the apple maggots won't do that, but the coddling moth do. They chew right through it. You know, and I'm going to add something. There's something new they're trying now, and this came from City Fruit. They're using great big, there's two new ways, but they're using great big um, covers that you put over your tree. Oh, yeah, I saw saw that. But it depends how big your tree is, you know. But the other thing is, I did an article for the Times. You might want to look it up. I'm using plastic okay. sandwich bags. What? Plastic sandwich bags. At- oh, yeah. I, I saw that. I read that article, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, that's just too much work. It's a I lot of work. I put on 150 footies this morning. Oh, God. But and it's- I still have 150 more to do. But um, You know what, though? Sandwich you- bags and staples. I thought that might be too It's much. a lot of work. I did it, yeah. but it was a lot of work. But I'll tell you this. Uh, one of the best, I got to run, but one of the best things you could do is uh, spray more than once. Spray two or three times during, uh, um, and it doesn't matter. You can hit the whole tree if you want. So any kind of sprayer you got, but you got to hit those pantyhose footies more than once, I find. Oh, okay, I will do that. Thank Great. you very much again for all your help. Hey, I Patricia, you're the best. Forever. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks for your uh, call. Bye. Bye. All right. Hey, we're taking a break. So you're about to catch up with the news on 97.3 Cairo FM. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Yep. And, hey, we do have some uh, open lines. So if you want to call in, you probably get in pretty quick. But right now we're talking to Christina in Seattle. Hi, Christina. Howdy. <laughs> How are you today? Hey, fantastic. Good. So I had a question. I got uh, this kind of uh, sad little veranda rose um, that was uh, kind of on the, the last leg, and I wanted to see if I could bring it back, uh, and it was doing pretty good. It started to bud, and it's had some really pretty flowers come through, um, but the leaves are just kind of... Staying um, this kind of crinkly, dry, dull, um, yeah, just not really perking up like the rest of the plant is. So uh, are those old leaves, when new leaves grow, are they nice and green and looking good, or are they crinkly and dull and... I I don't think that there's really any new leaves. Like, I think the, the buds that came through... Uh, were already there, and they just 
they've decided to come back to life, but I haven't really seen a lot of new leaves. Oh, okay. Well, it should start putting out some new growth soon. So uh, until now, you'll know one way or the other, because if no new growth occurs, then that plant is going to die anyway, because that just means it's it's not producing any food or doing anything. But if you start seeing new growth, if those new leaves are nice and green, kind of normal size, you're on your way. You'll you'll get the uh, Cisco Brussels Sprout Green Thumb Award because you'll have brought this guy back from the from the end of the cl- the cliff. You know. <laughs> I want that award. I want to see this this plant come to life again. Oh, um, I do too. Have you fertilized it or done anything? Yeah, I gave it. I gave it some nice new soil. Um, I checked its roots when I uh, when I transferred it, and there didn't seem to be any like root rot or anything like that. Because that's what I was kind of concerned when I saw the dullness in the leaves. I thought, oh, maybe it's got something going on. And if I clean out the roots, and but it didn't seem to have the roots seemed strong. They were the right color. They weren't, you know, just kind of melting off when I when I separated it from its original potting. Um, so, th- so I didn't think there was much of that. And then I gave it some plant food. No. Well, that should know. it should get going. Was this uh, is this a regular outdoor rose, or is, this isn't one of those uh, miniature roses you buy at the grocery store or anything? Was it? Uh, no, it was. It, it's. I mean, I, it's not like a big rose. Um, it's a smaller. It's a smaller breed of rose. It just. I, it didn't have a lot of information with it. It just called it a veranda rose. And it came from a nursery. Uh, no, it came out of outside of Lowe's. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that that that's still there's a pretty good chance it's a regular, you know, dwarf rose. It, it, the yeah, ones it doesn't that look like one of the little ones. Oh, good. Yeah, because those things that you buy at the grocery store, you you got pretty bad chance of keeping those babies going. But uh, <laughs> so I'm. I'm just, I'm going to have my fingers crossed, but make sure it gets plenty of water. And I think the one thing I'd be worried about that rose is if it got too dry. Might have got too dry. That's what I thought. It looked a little scorched when I got it. Like maybe they left it out. So I I don't know. It just looks bad. I decided I had to foster the plant. Oh, you got (laughs) to try. Hey, there's one more test you could do. Uh, You Uh can... I don't know if you've tried this, but sometimes I'll take my pruners and I'll scrape a little skin away near the base of the plant. And if it's bright green, even kind of greenish white, you got a chance. But if it's like brown or any color like that, it's goodbye. <laughs> that would be the, that'll save you time. <laughs> good to know. Okay. Yeah, oh. it's always good. Yeah, I wasn't. If it's green on the bottom, should I try some pruning to, like, get some of the deadness out of there? Because I was worried that I was just going to end up pruning it to the point where, you know, I'm just cutting all of it off. Yeah. Well, you know, I usually, if I'm going to prune something like that, unless, you know, if you find it's green on the bottom, but any branch that's brown when you uh, scrape, you might as well cut that off because it's not coming back. So Okay. And I... Oh, sorry, Sagan. No, that's all right. But if it's green at the bottom, it may come from the bottom. I, you know, but if I don't know for sure if this is a grafted rose, has it got that little round bump where they graft uh, 
a different rose on the roots toward the base? I didn't notice anything like that. Okay, good. Because then if it comes from underground, new new branches grow, they're fine. You can rely on them. They'll, they're going to be the same rose. If, on the other hand, it comes from below a graft, so if that little bump is on there, then you're going to get a totally different rose than what you got growing now because they put they put the top rows on different roots. So you'll you can tell when they start to grow if the leaves look really different or if the if the uh, stem looks really really different than the top, and you can know oh you got to get that off there. Or you're going to have you're going to have a rosa rugosa or something like that. Which you might not want. It's probably not the best one. So okay. So you got lots well, of tests. <laughs> yeah, I got. I I get to. I get to go figure this out, try and solve the mystery, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can update you through email and send you a pretty picture of a beautiful plant. <laughs> all right. Hey. Okay. I'm holding you to that promise. All right. I want to know, and I'll announce it on the show if you manage to save it. Oh, that'd be so fun. I love your show. It always just makes my day. <laughs> oh, too great. All right. Well, Thank Christina, hey, best of luck with that. Bye-bye. Thanks. See ya. Okay. Uh, should we take a break? Yeah, we'll take a break here. So we still have pretty many open lines. So one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. We'll probably have time for like one more call when I come back after the person I already have. Uh, waiting. Okay, so right back on the best gardening show on 97.3 Cairo at noon. Okay, right back after this. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Yeah, you betcha. Hey, uh, all right, let's go talk to Barbara in Port Orchard. Hey, Barbara, you getting out and enjoying this weather? Oh, yes, I'm out playing in the dirt. Oh, too good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about my flowering cherry tree. Okay. Okay. Uh, half of it, well, the whole thing bloomed. Half of it leafed out. The other half, no. It it looks like it's been burned. It still has green at the cambium layer, however. Okay. I think... You have brown rot because is it so when you look at the part that uh, died or turned brown, shall we say, is it all is it exactly one side or is it kind of mixed in between all the different ones? One side. One side. Well, that's got me a little concerned. I'm not sure what's going on there. Now, it could be brown rot. There's a fungus disease that attacks through the flowers of cherry trees. And it can kill any branch. If the fungus gets in, it kills what's beyond the flower where the fungus went in. But that usually kind of hits hit or miss all through the tree. It worries me that a whole half of your tree didn't do that. But the green cambium is a good sign. Are you seeing, do you see any, uh, like, a canker, you know, a, a, shrunk, a shrunken area or an area that you could see something is really wrong where the branch connects, the main branch? 
Uh, no, actually, there's there's two. It, it's a three. What do I want to call it? A three stalked tree. Okay. Okay. Two of the three are affected. The oh, third one isn't. Well, I'm not sure yet what it is. So uh, there's no effect on that other branch. That, no. Uh, it's not really a good news scenario there. <laughs> you might have, um, oh, I can't think of the name. There's a moth that is attacking cherry trees. And what you usually see is where it's attacking. It goes inside. It's the cherry tortrix moth. And it bores in. And then it bores around inside the branch, right where the branch attaches to the tree. And you have to look really careful. And sometimes you see little sawdust coming out of little holes, right where the branch attaches. It's kind of, it sounds like you might have cherry tortrix, you know, that or you've got a root problem going on that is caused, you know, sort of roots on one side of the tree are dying and they're killing the branches on the other side of the tree. You didn't raise the soil level around the tree, anything like that. No, I, it's been in the ground for 10 years. Oh, boy. Sitting right where it is. Well, I think I think right now what I'd do, since you're seeing green cambium under there, I would hold on. You know, sometimes it takes a while for the cambium to die. So even though the, the branch is totally dead, you don't know it yet. But hang on and see if you get new branches coming out. Then if you do, uh, you want to cut off everything dead that you can, making sure that you don't cut off anything that will provide life for those new branches. Right. But i got to tell you the truth. i got a feeling that uh, those, those branches are going to die. And I think it's either a root problem or cherry tortrix. Or both, because if cherry trees get under stress, they get a lot more susceptible to this insect. Ah. And they cause a lot of trouble. I've seen a lot of cherry trees go downhill fast when they get those tortrix. Would it be worth cutting down the parts that are yucky and keeping the other? I think, hope? I think so. But what I would do is wait and see if you get any new growth just for okay. a while. If you don't okay. get any by, you know, uh, by mid-June, that, those branches would be out of here. And then you got to hope that maybe some new growth will grow. But I got to tell you, if that much of a tree dies, it's that cherry tree is not going to have an easy time. It's I don't know if it's going to come back. It's going to be yeah. tough. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it, what I was afraid of. Yeah, I'm afraid that's not good. But you know what? Um Give me a call sometime or send me an email and let me know what happens by by mid-June. Let me know if if things coming back or not. Well, I was keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, I wish I had better news for you. Hey, but you know what? There are such wonderful trees at the nursery. (laughs) You can find a nice new one and put it in there. Maybe that spot's not good for a cherry tree, though. That's one thing I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Okay, keep me posted, all right? Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. Bye.
Oh, darn, I always hate giving bad news. All right, Becky, you're going to be the last caller on the show today. And I pro- okay. I've got to tell Brian that I will get out on time today. <laughs> I kind of messed up last week. <laughs> hey, Becky, welcome to the show from Burien. Hi. Hi there, Cisco. I have an environmentally sound tip on managing thrips. Oh, good. Hey, that's always helpful. Thrips are horrible. They get on uh, like your gladiolas and just ruin them. I had a terrible invasion last year, and I got some of the blue sticky paper, and that helped to some degree. But then I read about using uh, vanilla water. And so I have little yogurt cups full of vanilla water that I have set in my flower beds and in my planters. And I'm telling you, I have so many thrips in that vanilla water wow. that I have to change it about every three or four days. So so you take Dixie cups and... Well, I'm using little plastic yogurt cups. Okay, plastic yogurt cups. And how much... Now, well, probably, by- about, probably about three or four tablespoons of water and a, a shot of vanilla. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to... So three or four water tablespoons... And then about a teaspoon of vanilla. And then a teaspoon. Maybe not quite that much. Yeah, I just had to kind of wing it. And so, so this is like the vanilla that you know comes yeah, in the bottle. And... Right, that you cook with. Right, and you just oh. stick it, stick these cups in your planters and and in your pots. And I'm telling you, I have a lot of thrips, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, thrips are horrible. I just hate but those I like things. I it because it's environmental and I have oh, yeah. bees and stuff like that. Wow, that is so cool. And nothing but the thrips goes in there. Oh, there's a couple other insects that have taken a nosedive, but it's mainly thrips. Well, <laughs> that is really a cool tip. I appreciate that so much. So everybody, right. uh, Becky and Burian... Just won the Cisco Brussels Sprout Award of the Week for that one. That, that's really a cool tip and sounds totally environmentally sound. So Yes. Huh? Yeah. Who'd, have, who'd have thunk it? Who would have? But it works. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I'll, I'll okay. try to stick that on my website. I, I may forget, but I'm going to ask Mary to put that on the front of the website for next week Great. so people can see that. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth a try if you've got a problem. Oh, that is really a great tip. So, uh, Becky from Burien, thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Sisto. Thank you. So I'm just going to reiterate that once. If you've got thrip problems and they, they, you see silver streaks on the leaves of your plants, three or four tablespoons of water to one teaspoon of vanilla, stick those little yogurt containers out there. And if you're lucky, you'll find a whole bunch of thrips in them, and that'll, it may not get rid of them, but it'll keep their populations down to the point where they aren't going to do horrible damage to your plants. So that was really a great tip from Becky and Burian. I appreciate those kind of tips. All right, everybody, I got to run. Brian, thanks for a great show. We'll see you next week. Bye.